everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 540. Today we're going to take a look at Agamemnon. Now this is a two-player only abstract game from Osprey Games and it is very very abstract. <laughs> so the theme is supposedly uh, Trojans versus Greece uh, but the way the mechanics work out is very much not thematic at all but don't hold that against it. So let's take a look at how it actually works and then I'll tell you what I think of it. Okay, here is everything that you get in the game of Agamemnon. The first thing to note is players will get each a set of player pieces, and these are going to be face down, unless you're playing a variant. And these will be flipped up during your turn, and they will be played out. You've got different warriors and leaders and things, which we'll talk about. And then you have here a, actually a double-sided board. Here's kind of like your basic side. Now, if we take a look at the board, you can see these different pieces that are on each of these different kind of routes. And they have a matching little symbol there and these are going to be different pieces that are going to be sort of trying to be captured and scored in different ways and so the board tells you how to set these up now on the other side of the board which i'll show you in a little bit uh it just adds a little bit more variety to kind of the setup now each player also has a little kind of just a reference sheet and this kind of shows you what you have because during the normal game these are all going to be face down you're going to be slowly revealing them and playing them out into these little circle spaces here on the board and this kind of helps you and your opponent remember what you have left to play and so what's going to happen is the first player on the first turn is going to flip over one of these and then they're going to place it so they have this warrior here and you see it's got two little spears so this has a strength of two and we might put that out here somewhere on the board now where you want to play this is where the spear little string tiles, and these little skinny tiles are called strings. So any of the strings that have these little spears on them, that's where you want to place them. So if we place this, uh, let's say here. Now the reason I'm doing that, let's just learn how we're going to score right now, is once this have we we've resolved and we've placed all of our tokens on the board, there's going to be two empty spaces. And then you're going to look at contiguous lines of the same type of string. So look at this one here. So we've got one, two, three, four. Now, as long as there were pieces in here connecting all of these, you know, let's just put some random ones out and hope I don't break my scoring thing. Uh, yeah, that one there is fine. And then we'll do a black one here. Perfect. So when we go to score this, we're going to look in this case, in the case of these strings here with the spears, who has the most strength. And in this case, we've got three from the black player. We actually have five from the yellow player because these leaders, in addition to having a letter, which I'll explain in a minute, they also have a number of spears. So the yellow player is now going to be able to collect that long string. If there was another one in here, let's say it was broken like that, or let's just say, because you can't actually move these around during the game. I'll explain that in a minute. Let's say it was like this. And then this little string here would be one string and this is broken by a different type and then we'd have another string over here so yellow would collect these two and then black would collect these two so you're trying to find where the the long sections are and apply the appropriate piece now the leadership strings and those are these are scored in a different way now you can see each of the leaders if we take a look at this has a b c d and e and they also have the number of strength for the strength strings like I showed you. But if you have the highest leader, let's find a leader. Well, he's C here. So if he was here, and then we'll find a string, a leader here like so. So yellow has C and black has D. And it doesn't matter what the other strengths are or whatever that are inter 
intersecting with these particular strings because these are the leadership strings here. It's just whoever has the highest leader within that contiguous row is going to grab it. So again, yellow in this case says C, which is higher than D. So they're going to grab all three of those. And I should have said each of these is worth a point at the end of the game. So in this case, uh, yellow is doing really well from the examples that I've shown you. Now the last type of string are the four strings, and these are the little dots. And these are just the pure number of tiles in that length. So let's give uh, black a little break here. And so we're gonna have this, so we have this one here. So you got one, two, three. And so black has three in that sort of route. And actually it keeps going up here, uh, but it'll actually be broken here. I didn't explain that yet. But if there's no uh, token there, then that breaks it because after everybody's played, there's going to be two empty spots. And so that's considered that like a dead end for all the strings entering that spot. So here black, we get one, two, three, four. If there was another one here, let's say yellow had that there. We've got one, two, three blacks that are in this length of four strings against two whites or two uh, oranges. So black would still get that because in the case of these force ones, you're actually, again, just counting the total number of the tokens. That's it. Now you might have noticed there are some special tokens here. There's actually two types of special tokens. We've got this little sort of omega symbol here and this triangle here. Now when you play the omega symbol, it's not actually an omega symbol, but it's a weft. So for purposes of determining where strings begin and end, these wefts are actually gonna create a break. So this example where I showed you before, one, two, three, four, five, these are actually broken up. And so black would contribute to this one and this one, but these are not connected together because it acts as sort of a break in terms of, you know, is this a contiguous line? So these two would break this up. Now the triangle one, when you place that, that allows you to actually swap two strings that are on that uh, connection there. So I could actually swap this and this would act as another way to break that up. So when you place the triangle, you do the warp, that's what it's called, it's called a warp, and then the weft here will break it up. So you have those there, but those still count for the total number. So that's the game. You're just gonna take turns flipping up uh, a tiles. Now again, the, the first player flips up one, and then after that, you're gonna start flipping up two a piece, and then going back and forth, and each player is gonna flip up two and place them. And you just play until all the pieces are on the board, and then you figure out what the scoring is gonna be. Now there are a couple of variants. Um, the one is you can just play with everybody playing these face up. One of these, you could keep them in groups, so you could have the warriors, the special tiles, and the leaders all in different groups would have them face down, but then you can kind of choose. Uh, you won't know exactly which one you're getting, but you know which type you're getting. And then the other uh, variant here is the other side of the board, which I'm gonna show you now, whoops. And so you'll notice here, there are different groupings within each of these. And so what's gonna happen is you're gonna flip over uh, three of these and that's going to help you determine which kind of spaces are actually available and which are actually being used uh, within the context of the game. So that's going to add a little bit of variety to the setup and how these strings come out onto the board. So that is Agamemnon. One thing I wanted to mention, which I didn't, was the box. I don't know how well you can see. You can kind of see it has that sort of leathery look to it. So it kind of has like that kind of leather book feel. And they always do a nice job with the inserts and so it opens like a book and you've got a nice little insert there. Uh, so I always like that about the Osprey games. So it makes it feel like really kind of classy or, or kind of old and weathered in a certain way. And this game actually does kind of feel like that. If you look at the subtitle there, you know, I mentioned 3M in there, because this does feel 
like a game back from the 50s and the 60s, you know, from 3M. And I don't mean that as a knock, because there's a lot of excellent games that came out back then, but it has a sort of a Saxony, Sid Saxon kind of feel to it. Uh, very clean, very abstract, uh, but there's a little bit of amount of luck into it, and it's sort of a little bit of pusher luck, because uh, as you are flipping tiles, and that's the way I prefer to play it. Now, I actually haven't actually tried it with everything all available, but I like it so much with the, you know, kind of flipping two tiles every turn and figure out where to play them, because it really reminds me of another great designer's game, uh, Reiner Knizzi. It reminds me a lot of Samurai, where you have that little stack of five tiles, and then you're going to play those out. But everybody knows what everybody has. There's a certain confined amount of tiles. So you know if they've used their A leader, it's gone. It's, it's been used. So now you can play around that. Um, and if you play that early, if you draw that leader early, you know, you might think, oh, I'm going to lock this down. But now your opponent knows it's out there and they can start to manipulate the strings and move the strings and cause breaks in the lines and all that kind of stuff. So you've got to be very, very diligent and careful about where you play those as you draw them. And that's such a great thing because you draw two and you really only have two kind of decision points to make. But it does add a little bit of analysis. And it doesn't get to the point where it's analysis paralysis. The game's going to take maybe 30 minutes tops. Once you get the hang of it and how everything's scored, it's going to be very, very quick to play. But it's perfect because it just it's a small decision space, but you have a good, you know, sort of amount to chew on. So you and there's a little bit sort of that same kind of thing as Samurai, where you go out and you kind of bluff. You're like, okay, I'm gonna to try to control this area over here knowing that you're probably going to try to change it and stuff so you don't commit too much you don't go all in you know after that one area and so the other thing i haven't played with is the loom because frankly the three games that i've played with the basic side is enough because again the variability of when you draw certain tiles makes it you just i think you don't even really need the second side of the board although i think it'll be interesting maybe once i've played this you know a few more times or 10 times or something um but just that main side of the board does enough for me to be able to get into the game and so it's a great overall production i don't typically go for abstracts it's not something i i don't like it's just i don't typically gravitate towards that but I think this reminds me enough of Samurai, but it's different enough that I'm definitely going to keep it uh, in the collection because it's really, really an enjoyable game. And it's just, I don't know, he, he kind of scratches that itch. So maybe if you don't like abstracts, like me, I'm not a huge fan of abstracts. Um, you know, like the theme is not, you know, whatever, you know, the theme's not there other than kind of the general sort of. Uh, well, I take that back because I was thinking about this earlier. So the theme is there, in, not in terms of like grounding you in reality, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It's, there's not even an atmosphere of a theme, but it feels thematic in that it feels like it could have been a game that was invented, not just like in the 1950s, but like in the, you know, 1950 BC where it's super abstract, you've got these three sort of archetypes, you know, uh, in the special tiles are called the weavers. So you have sort of your, your craftsmen and your sort of everyday civilian, you've got your, your warriors and you have your leaders. And so those are the kind of, you know, that kind of strange archetype. It feels very Greek or Babylonian or even Roman. And so you're, you're just m moving these pieces around in an abstract way. So it feels like, oh yeah, I could see like a bunch of, a couple old folks from way back when, you know, sitting around a, concrete table or something 
not concrete, a stone table, uh, you know, back whenever, moving these pieces around, this could be kind of a pastime that people played uh, back then. It still feels very much natural to that, and I think the production kind of lends itself to that, where it's sort of a very clean and elegant and sort of, I don't know what the word is, sophisticated, I hate that word anyway, but that kind of vibe to it. So it makes it very enjoyable to play and it doesn't take very long. And the decision space is not, you know, ginormous like chess or something. Uh, so I think it's an excellent game. I highly recommend it, you know, for couples or whoever, if you're going to play a nice two player quick abstract, uh, you know, very pleasant, nice experience. So highly recommend Agamemnon. Thanks.